0: Of this program is intended for people who are blind and print impaired. Hello and welcome to our August 2023 edition of Heard Any Good Books Lately? A program from the North Carolina Reading Service. I'm George Douglas. This program is brought to you by the Friends of the State Library of North Carolina, Accessible Books and Library Services, an organization of citizens, volunteers, and patrons all interested in supporting Supporting the library and the services it provides. The Friends Group was founded back in 1989 and now has more than 300 members across North Carolina. If you'd like to join the Friends Group yourself, we'll have information on how to do that later in this program. This program is all about books available from the State Library of North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services. Now, the library has more than 86,000 titles in its collection. Books and magazines are available in large print, braille, and talking books as well. The library also has more than 11,000 patrons across the state. And if you're not a patron but are interested in becoming one, I'll have more information about that as well at the end of this program. Now, this month, we'll take a look at some of the most popular books checked out in the month of July at the State Library of North Carolina, Accessible Books and Library Services. Our first book on this program today is entitled The Finders. It's a Mace Reed canine mystery by Jeffrey B. Burton. Now, Burton's The Finders marks the beginning of a fast-paced new mystery series featuring a heroic golden retriever cadaver dog named Vera and her handler, Mason Reed. Mason, or Mace Reed, lives on the outskirts of Chicago and specializes in human remains detection. He trains dogs to hunt for the dead. Reed's coming off a taxing year, mourning the death of a beloved Springer Spaniel, as well as the dissolution of his marriage. He adopts a rescue dog with a mysterious past, a golden retriever named Vera. And when Reed begins training Vera as a cadaver dog, he comes to realize just how special the newest addition to his family truly is. Suddenly, Reed and his prized pupil find themselves hurled into a taxing murder case, which will push them to their very limits. Paired with Determined Chicago Police Officer Kippy Grimm, Mace must put all his trust in Vera's abilities to thwart a serial killer who now has set his sights on Mace himself. Sounds like a good thriller and an interesting one, particularly if you are interested in stories about dogs. It's Jeffrey B. Burton's book, The Finders, A Mace Mace Reed Canine Mystery by Jeffrey B. Burton. Next, let's talk about a book called The No-Show by Beth O'Leary. Three women who seemingly have nothing in common find that they're involved with the same man in this smart new romantic comedy by Beth O'Leary, best-selling author of The Flat Share. Here's the plot. Sabone is a quick-tempered life coach with way too much on her plate. Miranda is a tree surgeon used to being treated as just one of the guys on the job. Jane is a soft-spoken volunteer for the local charity shop with zero sense of self-worth. These three women... "'are strangers who have only one thing in common. "'They've all been stood up on the same day, "'the very worst day to be stood up, "'on Valentine's Day, and, unbeknownst to them, "'they've all been stood up by the same man. "'Once they've each forgiven him for standing them up, "'they are all in serious danger of falling in love "'with a man who may have not just one or two, "'but three women on the go.' Is there more to him than meets the eye? Where was he on Valentine's Day anyway? And will they each untangle the truth before they all get their hearts broken? The name of the book is The No-Show, and it's by Beth (laughs) O'Leary. Now let's move on to a book called 19 Minutes to Live, Helicopter Combat in Vietnam by Lou Jennings. 19 Minutes to Live illustrates the incredible courage and determination of helicopter pilots and crews supporting those heroes that carried a rucksack and a rifle in Vietnam. Over 12,000 helicopters were used in the Vietnam War, which is why it became known as the Helicopter War. Almost half of the helicopters, 5,086, were lost. Helicopter pilots and crews accounted for nearly 10% of all the U.S. casualties that were suffered in Vietnam with nearly 5,000 killed and an untold number of wounded. Lou Jennings the author flew over 700 air cavalry cobra gunship helicopter missions and he received 3 distinguished flying crosses for valor this memoir describes firsthand the harrowing experiences of helicopter pilots and crews in combat operations from the far south to the DMZ, the Demilitarized Zone, including the infamous Ashau Valley, Hamburger Hill, LZ Airborne, and others. It's a book called 19 Minutes to Live, Helicopter Combat in Vietnam, written by the author who had the experience in Vietnam himself, Lou Jennings. Now let's take a look at a novel entitled Sister Stardust, and it's by Jane Green. This is a review about this book, and it's one I think you'll enjoy. For most of my adult reading life, says the reviewer, Jane Green has been my go-to author when I'm in the mood for escapism. From the patchwork marriage to falling... There's not a novel of hers I haven't adored, and when I recently interviewed her on my podcast about the books that she's taken with her to a desert island, it was a true highlight of my career so far. And so when Jane announced during lockdown that she was writing a new novel... This time set in Morocco, and her first since 2017, I eagerly awaited the release of Sister Stardust by Jane Green, a unique take on historical fiction. Sister Stardust by Jane Green promised to be slightly different from her previous books, and the day after speaking to Jane, I began it. Now, here's the review and the plot for this uh, very interesting-sounding book. While vastly different from her other books, given its exotic Middle Eastern setting, Sister Stardust is a refreshing take on what Jane Green does best, which is penning a highly readable transportative tale rich with a sense of setting and a likable cast of characters. Her first novel inspired by a true story, in Sister Stardust, Jane Green reimagines the life of troubled icon Talitha Getty from a forgotten chapter of the swinging 60s. The story opens when newly widowed Claire finds her box of memories from the 1960s while rooting through her attic with her grown daughter Tally, which takes her back to a magical time that changed her life forever. What follows is Claire's recount of a sheltered existence that began when she was a young girl in Dorset, but moved to the more glamorous streets of London in the wake of her mother's death, following an argument with her father's new wife. In London, the post-war years were in full swing, and Claire soon finds herself embracing a new identity as she throws herself into a life less ordinary, where underground bars, free-flowing drugs, are glamorous friends swiftly becomes the norm. And when one evening the chance to travel to Morocco with her new friends arises, she immediately agrees, and Claire, now transformed to Cece, quickly falls under the spell of charismatic Talitha Getty and her husband, Paul. Living in the Getty's sprawling riad is everything CeCe had dreamed of living in Dorset, and she soon becomes accustomed to vibrant Marrakesh, where a steady slew of glamorous visitors and frequent drug-fueled parties with drugs, sex, and alcohol were the dish of the day. But when a tragic accident happens, CeCe leaves behind the decadent and dreamlike state of colorful Marrakesh. To resume a semi-normal life in london a beautifully told tale that is nostalgic evocative and glamorous to boot sister stardust by jane green is vivid and vibrant storytelling at its very best claire grew up in a small town far from the glitz and glamour of london on the cusp of adulthood she yearns for the adventure and independence of a counterculture taking root across the world. When she's offered the chance to start anew in Morocco, in a palace where famous artists and musicians, even the Rolling Stones, have been known to visit, she seizes the chance. Arriving in Marrakesh, she's quickly swept up in a heady world of music, drugs, and communal living, and Talitha Getty, socialite wife of a famous oil heir, seems to preside over the whole scene. As Claire is pulled into her orbit, the realities of Talitha's precarious existence set off a chain of dangerous events that could alter Claire's life forever. Once again, the name of the book is Sister Stardust, and it's by Jane Green. Now let's turn to a book called The Unlikely Yarn of the Dragon Lady. It's by Sharon J. Mondragon. Here's a note from Publishers Weekly that I thought was interesting. Mondragon debuts with this charming tale of knitting, faith, and change. Inspirational fans who enjoy the work of Rachel Halk will love this story. Here's the plot. Margaret, Rose, Jane, and Fran... "...have a good thing going, meet every week in the quiet of their peaceful chapel, and knit prayer shawls. No muss, just ministry. That is, until their pastor boots them out of the church in his last-ditch effort to revive the dwindling congregation. Uptight Margaret isn't having it. Knitting prayer shawls where people can watch is the most ridiculous idea she's ever heard of, and she's heard plenty." Prayer belongs in the church, not out among the heathen masses. How are they supposed to knit holiness into these shawls if they're constantly distracted by the public? But with no choice, the others embrace the challenge. They pack their knitting bags and drag Margaret, grumbling the whole way, to the mall with them. She can't wait to prove them all wrong when it fails miserably and show the pastor that she always knows best. Without the familiar mold the group has been stuck in, their own losses, pain, and struggles rise to the surface, and the people and situations they encounter every time they try to sit quietly and knit are taking them a lot further out of their comfort zone than they ever imagined. Can they find the courage to tackle the increasing number of knotty issues they learn about in the community? Or will the tangle be too much to unravel? Sharon Mondragon's debut is warm and delightful, full of real laughter, grief, and personality. It beautifully illustrates the power of women across generations to reach people for Christ sounds like a fun book, particularly if you're a knitter in a knitting group. It's called The Unlikely Yarn of the Dragon Lady by Sharon J. Mondragon, and she's a new author, and it sounds like a great debut novel. Now, here's The Paris Apartment, a novel by Lucy Foley, and this is from the New York Times best-selling author of The Guest List. It comes in a new locked room mystery, set in a Paris apartment building in which every resident has something to hide. Here's the story. Jess needs a fresh start. She's broke and alone, and she's just left her job under less than ideal circumstances. Her half-brother Ben didn't sound thrilled when she asked if she could crash with him for a bit, but he didn't say no, and surely everything will look better from Paris. Only when she shows up to find a very nice apartment, could Ben really have afforded this? He's not there. The longer Ben stays missing, the more Jess starts to dig into her brother's situation, and the more questions she has. Ben's neighbors are an eclectic bunch, and not particularly friendly. Jess may have come to Paris to escape her past, but it's starting to look like it's Ben's future that's in question. The socialite, the nice guy, the alcoholic, the girl on the verge, the concierge. Everyone's a neighbor, everyone's a suspect, and everyone knows something that they are not telling. What's it all about? You only have to read or listen to this one to find out. It's called The Paris Apartment, and it's a novel by Lucy Foley. And you're listening to Heard Any Good Books Lately, our August 2023 edition. I'm George Douglas. This is an exclusive production of the North Carolina Reading Service. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's get on to another book. This one is called Tiger in the Seat. The Ditching of Flying Tiger 923 and the Desperate Struggle for Survival by Eric Lindner. That's Lindner. September 1962. On a moonless night over the raging Atlantic Ocean, a thousand miles from land, the engines of Flying Tiger Flight 923 to Germany burst into flames, one by one. Pilot John Murray didn't have long before the plane crashed headlong into the 20-foot waves at 120 miles per hour. As the four flight attendants donned life vests, collected sharp objects, and explained how to brace for the ferocious impact, 68 passengers clung to their seats. Elementary school children from Hawaii, a teenage newlywed from Germany, a disabled Normandy vet from Cape Cod, an immigrant from Mexico, and 30 recent graduates of the 82nd Airborne's Jump School. They all expected to die. Murray radioed out Mayday as he attempted to fly down through gale force winds into the rough water. Hoping the plane didn't break apart when it hit the sea, only a handful of ships could pick up the distress call so far from land. The closest Was a Swiss freighter 13 hours away. Dozens of other ships and planes from nine countries abruptly changed course or scrambled from Canada, Iceland, Ireland, Scotland, and Cornwall, all racing to the rescue. But they would take hours or days to arrive. From the cockpit, the blackness of the Atlantic grew ever closer. Could Murray do what no pilot had ever done, land a commercial airliner at night in a violent sea without everyone dying? And if he did, would rescuers find any survivors before they drowned or died from hypothermia in the icy water? The fate of Flying Tiger 923 riveted the world. Bulletins interrupted radio and TV programs. Headlines shouted off newspapers from London to L.A. Frantic family members overwhelmed telephone switchboards. President Kennedy took a break from the brewing crisis in Cuba and Mississippi to ask for hourly updates. Tiger in the Sea is a gripping tale of triumph, tragedy, unparalleled airmanship, and incredibly brave people from all walks of life. The author has pieced together the story, long hidden because of murky Cold War politics, through exhaustive research and reconstructed a true and inspiring tribute to the virtu- virtues of outside-the-box thinking, teamwork, and hope. What was the result of, uh, of that incident and all those passengers well, you'll have to read this book or listen to it to find out. It's called Tiger in the Seat, The Ditching of Flying Tiger 923 and the Desperate Struggle for Survival. And the wo- book was written by author Eric Lindner. Next, let's take a book, uh, look at a book called The Cartographers by Peng Shepard. And this is from the critically acclaimed author of The Book of M, a highly imaginative thriller about a young woman who discovers that a strange map in her deceased father's belongings holds an incredible deadly secret, one that will lead her on an extraordinary adventure and to the truth about her family's dark history. What is the purpose of a map? Nell Young's whole life and greatest passion is cartography. Her father, Dr. Daniel Young, is a legend in the field and Nell's personal hero, but she hasn't seen or spoken to him ever since he cruelly fired her and destroyed her reputation after an argument over an old, cheap gas station highway map. But when Dr. Young is found dead in his office at the New York Public Library with the very same seemingly worthless map hidden in his desk, Nell can't resist investigating. To her surprise, she soon discovers that the map is incredibly valuable and exceedingly rare. In fact, she may now have the only copy left in existence because a mysterious collector has been hunting down and destroying every last one, along with anyone who gets in the way. But why? To answer that question, Nell embarks on a dangerous journey to reveal a dark family secret and discovers the true power that lies in maps. Perfect for fans of Joe Hill and V.E. Schwab, The Cartographers is an ode to art and science, history and magic, a spectacularly imaginative modern story about an ancient craft and places still Undiscovered, and once again, the name of that book is The Cartographer's, and it's by Peng Shepherd. By the way, that's spelled P E N G, Peng Shepherd. Now let's take a look at a book in the nonfiction category. This is quite a book too. It's called A History of the 20th Century, and it's by Martin Gilbert. Gilbert, author of the multi-volume biography of Winston Churchill and other brilliant works of history, chronicles world events year by year from the dawn of aviation to the flourishing technology age, taking us through World War I to the inauguration of Franklin Roosevelt as President of the United States, And Hitler, as Chancellor of Germany, he continues on to document wars in South Africa, China, Ethiopia, Spain, Korea, Vietnam, and Bosnia, as well as apartheid, the arms race, the moon landing, and the beginnings of the computer age, while interspersing the influence of art, literature, music, and religion throughout this vivid work a rich, textured look at war, celebration, suffering, life, death, and renewal in the century gone by. This volume is nothing less than extraordinary, and that's certainly a good way to describe it. It sounds that way. It's called A History of the Twentieth Century, and it's by Martin Gilbert. Now let's return to fiction with a book called The Homewreckers by Mary K. Andrews. Summer begins with Mary K. Andrews in this delightful summer listen about flipping houses and finding true love. So this came out just a few months ago, of course. Here's the plot. Hattie Kavanaugh went to work helping clean up restored homes for Kavanaugh and Sons' restorations at 18 married the boss's son at 20, and was only 25 when her husband Hank was killed in a motorcycle accident. Broken-hearted but determined to continue the business of their dreams, she takes the life insurance money, buys a small house in a gentrifying neighborhood, flips it, then puts the money into her next project. But that house is a disaster and a money-loser which rocks her confidence for years to come. Then Hattie gets a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, star in a beach house renovation reality show called The Home Records, cast against a male lead who may be a love interest or may be the ultimate antagonist. It's a question of who will flip and who will flop, and will Hattie ever get her happily ever after. Filled with Mary Kay Andrews' trademark wit, warmth, junking trips, and house porn, The Home Wreckers is a summer beach delight. And it uh, sounds like a good one. Once again, the title of that book is The Home Wreckers, and it's by Mary Kay Andrews. Now, while we're on the subject of beach reads, let's take a look at one more book that is uh, in that category. It's called The Edge of Summer, and it's by Viola Shipman. Best-selling author Viola Shipman delights with his captivating summertime escape set. The escape is set along the sparkling shores of Lake Michigan, where a woman searches for clues to her secretive mother's past. Here's the plot for this one. Devastated by the sudden death of her mother, a quiet, loving, and intensely private southern seamstress called Miss Mabel, who overflowed with pearls of Ozark's wisdom but never spoke of her own family, Sutton Douglas makes the impulsive decision to pack up and head north to the Michigan resort town, where she believes she'll find answers to the lifelong question she's had about not only her mother's past, but also her own place in the world. Recalling Miss Mabel's sewing notions that were her childhood toys, Sutton buys a collection of buttons at an estate sale from Bonnie Lyons, the imposing matriarch of this lakeside community. Propelled by a handful of trinkets left behind by her mother and glimpses into the history of the magical lakeshore town, Sutton becomes tantalized by the possibility that Bonnie is the grandmother that she never knew. But is she? As Sutton cautiously befriends Bonnie and is taken into her confidence, she begins to uncover the secrets about her family that Miss Mabel so carefully hid, and about the role that Sutton herself unwittingly played in it all. Again, that's called The Edge of Summer, and it's by Viola Shipman. That's all the time we have for this month's edition of Heard Any Good Books Lately. I'm George Douglas. I hope you enjoyed the program. If you'd like more information about how to become a patron of the State Library of North Carolina, Accessible Books and Library Services, simply Google or search for Accessible Books, North Carolina Library, or call toll-free 388 2460. That's 888 388 2460. You can also use the same numbers and website to join the Friends of the State Library of North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services. It is that wonderful organization that sponsors this monthly feature on books. This program is intended for people who are blind or print impaired. Heard any good books lately will be available right after this broadcast at our website, ncreadingservice.org. So long until next time.